0: Hi everyone! Welcome to the Farm Commons Podcast, where we explore timely and important legal issues and questions facing the farming community today. For community-based farms with a focus on sustainability, managing legal risks is especially important as many innovative farm enterprises, like community-supported agriculture programs, on-farm suppers and gardening classes, and unique arrangements for land access and employment do not fit neatly into our legal system, leading to vulnerability. Through legal education, we can cultivate greater resilience for your farm business so that you can continue to grow in ways that best support you, your relationships, and your community. At Farm Commons, we'll show you why and how. Thanks for tuning in. Hi everyone, it's Eva here with Farm Commons and we're back today to discuss legal risk management for your farm during the COVID-19 crisis. Farmers, we know you all are going through daily changes on your farms as you pivot sales channels and crop production to meet shifting demand and regulations, and you're also weeding through the daily changes to federal programs for financial relief. You've had many questions for us in the process, and our team at Farm Commons is working hard to respond through this podcast series. Today, we're back with our team to share answers to farmers' questions about unemployment insurance benefits through the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Program also called PUA, which we hosted a webinar on last Monday. Hey, Rachel, Sarah, and thanks for being with us today.
1: Happy to be here. Hi, Eva.
0: All right, well, we had many, many questions from farmers from the webinar last Monday, so let's just get right into things um, as we've got lots to cover. So Rachel, I'm going to start with you. Our first question is, in addition to losses due to farmers' market closures, are revenue losses due to agritourism closures covered, say farm stays, tours, events, workshops, um, etc.? They are the funding backstop for many farms, and um, those farms are mandatorily and voluntarily closed during this time of COVID.
2: Right, so that's that's a great question, and I want to be sure that, that that folks get the short answer. The short answer is yes, yes. If you're filing for self for unemployment insurance benefits as a self-employed person, they're not making a distinction between whether the income from that self-employment was from farming or from non-farming ventures like agritourism. Um, the person asking this question is they're they're sophisticated. They understand that a lot of times the revenue that comes from agro-tourism is treated differently than the revenue that comes from um, uh, agricultural stuff like the production of crops and livestock. So um, they're smart, they're thinking about this in the right way, but for this, these purposes, for unemployment benefits, uh, there is not a distinction between farming and not farming. Uh, there may be some distinctions in the way that the two forms of income are reported. Uh, it could be that certain state departments will want to see a Schedule F for farming activities and the non-farming activities are usually on the Schedule C So it could be there's some way in which those are shown differently to to the state as part of filing the claim, but they're all gonna end up in the same pile anyways. It just depends on the documentation that that the state is asking for. That could also happen if folks are using two different business structures to report agricultural and non-agricultural income streams, Um, but it depends on the state and how they are processing claims. I did want to make a quick clarification, though, about the way this person asked the question. It's a really logical way to ask it. Are revenue losses due to agritourism covered? I want to be sure people get the yes answer, but I also wanted to point out that UI benefits are not, these are not a revenue loss coverage program. This is not about compensating you for lost revenue. UI benefits are about loss of income and sometimes in the farming community we are not diligent about distinguishing between revenue and income. Income is revenue minus expenses and that's what UI benefits are intended to cover in this context of self-employment. So it's what you might go home with at the end of the day after all is said and done and you have your revenue and expenses that's really salient in terms of the farming community because too often our farms are not showing income revenues and expenses are equal and that's not really a good situation for trying to get ui benefits so uh so why i bring that up because i i don't want farmers to go out there and call their ui office for clarification and say look i'm filing for unemployment insurance to cover my revenue losses (laughs) because you know the poor public servant at the other end is going to say oh no no that is not what we do and I don't want farmers to, to, to just accept that and walk away. This is, that's just a problem with using the wrong language. That's not a, it's, it's not a problem that you're not eligible. It's that you have used the wrong words to speak to the government individual. Um, you're just talking past each other. So make sure that when you are um, trying to establish your eligibility um, and being clear about this, that you are using income, not revenue.
0: Yeah, important distinction there. Thanks, Rachel. All right, my next question um, from another farmer from the webinar is, what about farmers who are so low income that they haven't had to file taxes, um, including some migrant and refugee farmers, and those on disability or receiving other public benefits and have limited income to report? Um, What about these farmers and their, their pursuit of unemployment insurance benefits?
2: Right. Right, great question. So let's say we have, um, you know, Farmer June. Farmer June is filing for self-employment-related unemployment insurance benefits. And um, I'm sorry, I, I was speaking in some acronyms earlier that I didn't clarify. When I say UI benefits, I mean unemployment insurance. Uh, so Farmer June, she's going for uh, UI benefits for self-employment. Um, in this is this is a little odd because. Because here, yes, we're going to try to prove what our income is in part through our tax returns. That's how a lot of states are going to choose to verify the income of a self-employed person. They're going to say, okay, show us your 2019 tax returns. If Farmer June hasn't filed a 2019 tax return, she's going to have an issue where she doesn't have, have evidence. She not only doesn't have evidence of how much money she made from in income from farming in 2019, she may not have evidence that she's self-employed. Our tax returns are where we report our earnings from self-employment uh, and where we signal to the IRS and other entities that we have a business um, in which we are engaged. Um, something like farming, um, in many states, you don't have to do anything to start a farm. You don't go get a license to do that. Um, the, the way you signal that you have a farm is you start filing farm taxes and reporting to the IRS that you have a business. That's how you know, it works for eligibility for you know, certain farm service agency programs and things like that. Um, and so a farmer June in this situation, if she's, she earns so little income from farming that she hasn't filed any taxes, she may not have evidence that she's self-employed. So she has another problem she can talk with her state department of labor or whoever is administering the ui benefits about some sort of alternative documentation but it may not be possible um, at this time um, to uh, to get benefits in that scenario and it's not about the fact that they're low income or, or receiving public benefits it's that we don't have evidence of their self-employment uh, it is possible though that the person who answered this question wasn't talking about self-employment, maybe they're talking about a W-2 based employee. And in that case, I wanna be sure folks know there's no barrier to getting UI benefits just because an individual farm employee did not file a tax return last year. Um, There is a problem with getting a stimulus check and that's completely separate, that's a whole nother can of worms, um, and one we haven't addressed on the Farm Commons podcast yet. Uh, we've been hearing talk of these stimulus checks that are going out in the amount of 1200 per person. If, if a person wants that and hasn't filed the 2012, 2019, wow, I just went back a lot of years, <laughs> um, <laughs> and they haven't filed the 2019 tax return, they need to go to the IRS's website and um, submit information to receive one of those checks. So I covered a lot of different bases there, self-employment and W-2 based. And I made a distinction between UI benefits and the stimulus check. We got a lot of uh, a lot of different cans of worms um, that we are opening and setting out here for, for unsorting.
0: Absolutely. And it's a good thing it's a podcast because, folks, you can rewind and play that, that answer again to, to get clear on the different distinctions between um, self-employment, W-2 based employment, Um And all the rest, I probably need to rewind myself and hear (laughs) things again. (laughs) All right. On to the next farmer's question. Um, What can you report as income? Owners draw. Um, Is that included? And is there a specific monetary threshold for what counts as quote unquote principal source of income?
2: Right, right. More good questions. So exactly what counts as income? We know that your 2019 tax return is gonna be tops on that list, but can you use anything else? We have been struggling with this question at Farm Commons in a few different ways. Not only in terms of unemployment benefits, but also in terms of reporting on the Paycheck Protection Program applications. And I have a similar question for all of these and we haven't been given any guidance, that's the answer. (laughs) There's no official statement yet. Um, It hasn't come out from the federal government in terms of the P3 applications, and it hasn't come out from the federal government in terms of um, establishing UI benefits as self-employed. Now, states are in the position where they're going to to try to be rolling out this program in short order. Many of the states have set a deadline of this week um, in terms of trying to get those programs up and running. So you'd think that they would come up with some guidance here real soon. We haven't seen it yet. Don't know. But as the states do roll that out, we are going to be looking for it. So, uh, yeah, that was a really long way of saying, I don't know if you can report an owner's draw. Some of this stuff is going to come down to the process of actually filing the claim, seeing how, you know, our public servants respond to that claim and trying to work with them. The second part of the question was the specific monetary threshold for what counts as a principal source of income. Um, again, no, um, we do not have um, you know, really clear guidance on this. Um, we can guess something along the lines of 50%, but we can also guess that that is going to be variable depending on the unique circumstances um, of the individual. And so we all have to wait for more guidance. The bottom line, though, is you can always put in a claim. You can always put in a claim and then see what happens as it moves through the system Um, and as you work with um, the powers that be to get your um, UI benefits claim approved.
0: Right so good for farmers to get in line if they have the capacity for that paperwork right now um, and more to come on those guidelines and um, guidance on What is principal source of income? I will make a note that in the show notes, we'll have a link to our webinar files. So the recording and um, the presentation from our unemployment insurance benefits webinar from last week in the show notes, available for you all to download for free to your computers or your phones. Um, And we'll also include a link to the um, state-by-state spreadsheet of PUA Pandemic Unemployment Assistance the agencies that are administrating the programs on a state-by-state basis, and also any guidance documents the, your state has put out. So do check, be sure to check out the show notes. All right, so the next question we've got was, um, what if you take P3 or EIDL, so the Economic Injury Disaster Loan, um, will you still be eligible for unemployment insurance benefits?
2: Right, right, great question. Um, what what this person is getting at is that there's a lot of different programs out there um, that that are potentially available to farmers. The EIDL program is not available to to farmers, so that's going to be a lot less relevant to most of our audience, Um, but it it can be available for agro-tourism, education, non-farm things that farmers might be doing. That's a whole other topic, though. Let's set that aside. Back to the question. If you take the P3, the Paycheck Protection Program, or EIDL funds, will you still be eligible for UI benefits? Well, let's let's think about how these work together. If you are getting unemployment insurance benefits um, each week, uh, you report income that you earned in that week. Um, As you earn income, your UI benefits will go down to compensate for that. So it's supposed to fill in the gap. So as you earn money in other ways and you're filling that gap yourself, UI benefits go down. Now let's say you're on UI benefits and you also receive a paycheck protection program loan. Let's say that in that loan, um, you choose to use some of that money to compensate yourself for self-employment income losses. Well, At the end of that week, you're gonna have to go to the UI benefits um, claim and report that income that you earned. It's probably gonna cancel out your whole benefit uh, for that week. So can you do them both at the same time? Well, yes, there's not a part, we haven't seen any guidance yet that says you're ineligible because you're participating in a different program, but it's going to functionally make you ineligible for unemployment because you have this other source of income that's filling in the gap. Same with EIDL funds. If you um, receive, um, you know, one of the the cash advances through the EIDL program and you use that to pay yourself, well then that's income that you have to report and will be um, used to reduce your unemployment um, insurance compensation.
0: Great, thanks for that clarification, Rachel. So you can get money from both pots of money, but you can't get all of the money in both pots. <laughs> what <I'm> exactly.
2: Hearing. <laughs> exactly. They, they are designed to balance each other out. Right. right.
0: Excellent. All right. Next up, we got um, are UI benefits retroactive from the application date or do they begin only after an individual applies?
2: Right, many people are asking this question because they're particularly anxious um, about the fact that these claims are not being quickly processed, um, that, um, that self-employment is so strange and new to, to these state offices that they may, um, they may de- need more clarification. We could be talking weeks before farmers mm-hmm. actually see any payment from the UI program. The good news is yes, These are retroactive for the most significant parts of the UI benefit program right now. Um, As of March 29, an additional $600 per week was made available to folks who um, are suffering from COVID-related unemployment. Farmers who are using this program for self-employed income losses, they are gonna be eligible through through the COVID-related for COVID-related losses and that additional 600 per month, and it is retroactive to March 29. So although there is some urgency, um, we can also have patience as we try to sort out this program with the state and as we get our claims to move through the system. Um, Assuming we are eligible, um, it will come back um, retroactive.
0: Awesome, that's good news. And so should farmers add back depreciation into the lost income that they report in their UI applications?
2: Right. That's a great question. And we're getting questions like that a lot right now as farmers try to figure out what is their income for the purposes of unemployment insurance, for the purposes of um, P3 applications. And this might keep happening as other stimulus um, or COVID relief programs are are, um, adopted. Bottom line is, I don't know. I don't know, um, and uh, it's because uh, this is this is something that's particular to farming and other expensive equipment dependent dependent industries. Um, depreciation has a huge impact on the income that one is is, is posting on their their tax return. Um, but as we know, depreciation it's it, it, it can. It can distort in some ways um, one's one's tax return because, well, let me just say, if you know depreciation, then you know why, and I don't need to explain that um, to you. Uh, What's gonna happen though, is when you go to the state and they say, I'm sorry, but the documentation we're accepting right now is your 2019 tax return, you may not have a lot of flexibility. That may be the only answer that is acceptable. And whatever the forces are that led you to that result on your 2019 tax return, the state may not care. They may not have an alternative formula that reflects your um, more authentic experience um, and the different pressures of depreciation and equipment expenses that are on you. So the short answer is no, you probably cannot um, adjust beyond what you have on your 2019 tax return um, to mitigate for depreciation. It is possible. Um, and um, and and folks who want to advocate with their with their states um, to get them to look beyond that it's, that is possible too
0: yep great thanks Rachel And one more for you um, do we know anything about how the stimulus package via the USDA that big pot of money um, I think 9.5 billion dollars will become available to individual small farmers and how that might relate to UI benefits and other SBA options? Right.
2: Yeah, um, a small amount of information is starting to come out as of Friday um, about how USDA is going to utilize um, that money. We do know that a big portion of it, they're saying, is going to go um, in the form of direct support to farmers and ranchers based on actual losses for agricultural producers where prices and market supply chains have been impacted. So keywords there are actual losses uh, as a result of covid so um, that's going to be a, uni- a different angle yet again um, on, um, on relief for, for farmers and ranchers. We don't have details um, yet. How, how's that going to relate to UI benefits and SBA loan options? Again, we don't have a lot of clarity. Um, not much has been said on that. But because this is a different type of support, support for actual losses, not support for, say, income um, or other or support for W-2 based payroll um, it's a new angle so we can assume that this that uh, all of these programs are available um, you can get some of the money from the different pots you probably can't get all the money from all the pots though mm. just like you said before that's a good one <laughs>
0: that's right well, great, Rachel. And thanks so much for tackling those um, important farmer questions. And folks, we are not done yet. We got quite a few. And um, because of that, I'm going to pivot now to you, Sarah, for, for the remainder. Um, and the first question I've got is for spouses who are farming together, how should they determine weekly income to apply for UI? And how how should they report the weekly status to the state employment commission in their state?
1: Thanks, Eva. This is another good question. And um, this question is coming up because, well, it's very unusual that a farm business would even be eligible for unemployment benefits. So ordinarily, if you're applying for unemployment benefits, it's because, well, you are an employee. You are a an individual who has a job. You have a W-2 from that job, and you can easily look to that W-2 to determine your income and Based on that, how much um, income have you lost and how many benefits should you have? So in the situation of a farm business, um, now under the pandemic unemployment assistant, self-employed individuals are, in fact, eligible to receive these unemployment benefits. So um, that's one You know, interesting piece of this is that you can now apply as an individual who is self-employed. But think about the farmers who are running a farm business together as spouses. How do you determine that? So uh, what you're going to do if you are farming with your spouse, you are going to apply for your benefits based on your individual income. So if you if Sam and Sally are farming together, they are going to individually apply for benefits and what they're going to do is to look at their total farm income and they will divide that in half because they are two adults in the same household and that is how they're going to come up for that. With that amount and then as far as how they will report their weekly status to the state Employment Commission, well, they will do uh, whatever they have determined is their, is their half of their farm income. Sally will report that every week and Sam will report um, his half of the income just based on however the, the state uh, has you do that.
0: Great, so divvy it up in the middle. Sounds Great. good. Mm-hmm. All right, up next, Sarah, are UI benefits taxable? And do farmers have to repay the benefits that they receive
1: right another good question are ui benefits taxable um yes they are taxable just like any income um that you would ordinarily receive in a job it's you're gonna have to give some of that back to the government so um it's you know going to be handled really differently depending on what state you're in but the, the basic gist of it is that uh, just like on your, your W-4, I think it is, when you start a job, you uh, say how much um, you are going to be withholding in your taxes, so the same situation for unemployment benefits, you will let the agency know how you're going to be handling your taxes. So I suppose you could determine that you don't want any taxes taken out of each payment per week but then you would be owing that tax bill at the end of the year back to the feds and as far as do farmers have to repay those um, no they're not um, repayable and that it's not you know a loan but I suppose if it turned out that you were receiving more income than you had report to the agency and they found that out then you could be in a situation where you may have to repay benefits because uh, you hadn't calculated your um, your benefits correctly. But the general gist is. It's not a loan. It's, it's just money as if you were at your normal job.
0: Yeah, which we hope everyone gets to be one day soon, right. um, sooner rather than later. Great. Thanks for those insights, Sarah. Mm-hmm. All right, and now what if a farmer has an off-farm job or receives a pension or social security um, but relies on some farm income each year? Are they eligible for any farm assistance, um, unemployment insurance, or P3?
1: So this program, and I'll talk really just about the unemployment insurance right now, Um, this program really is meant for Um, making sure that people can stay afloat and pay their bills and buy food and um, and get by. And so what the program really aims to do is to uh, replace money, replace income that people are getting from their primary source of income. So if you have another job, if you're receiving um, your primary income from something like a pension or social security, Uh, then that farm job is probably no longer a primary source of income. So likely that farmer would probably be out of luck.
0: Right. Yeah. Good to know when strategizing whether or not to apply and then um, what kind of income loss to report. Right. All right, and on to the next one. Um, if a farmer is still working to keep the farm running but income has dropped to zero due to no sales, are they still eligible for unemployment insurance?
1: Yes, so, I mean, as we all know, farmers are working no matter what, right? The, the cow has to be milked, uh, the plants have to be weeded, you know, the work doesn't really ever end. But that's a very different question to how much income is that farmer receiving from selling their farm goods. So uh, this program really is designed to replace income. And so uh, you're asking about, this person's asking about what if my income is zero now? Um, So it's gonna depend on how much your income was last year. So you're going to be looking at your 2019 tax returns to figure out your um, your revenue minus expenses. That's going to be your income, and if you are, and then you're going to subtract from what would normally be your income any income that you're currently receiving right now, and that's going to form the basis of what your benefit is. So if your farm income is dropped to zero, then you are not going to have to subtract from your income amount any current income and you will um, likely be getting about 50% of what your income was for the previous year in terms of your weekly benefit.
0: Right, everything based on 2019. Well, not everything, they have to deduct what they currently have, but if you have zero, um, you end up getting more actually. Okay, great. And what if the farmer is an employee of the corporation, the farm corporation? Are they eligible for unemployment insurance?
1: They are, but for a different reason than, uh, than the reason we've been exploring for in, in the webinar that we did in the follow-up podcast, which was, is the farmer as a farm business owner and a self-employed person eligible for unemployment benefits, which is a really novel piece of this whole program. Um, So in the situation where a farmer is an employee of a corporation, they are eligible, but it will be because they are simply a W-2 employee and they would have always been eligible for unemployment uh, insurance. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Great. And um, as Sarah mentioned, we did record a podcast episode summarizing the unemployment insurance um, benefits program extension to the self-employed through the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Act. Y'all, so sorry for all these acronyms. This is just the world (laughs) we are living in. Um, But do check that out. It's the most recent podcast episode before this one. And I'll even drop a link into the show notes for you to make it as simple as possible because we know your time is precious. Um, All right, Sarah, a couple more questions. Is there an income limit above which you wouldn't receive unemployment benefits?
1: So at a certain point, there is a cap on the amount of benefits that you can receive. So if you were earning $100,000 last year of income in your farm business, then um, it's not necessarily true that you're going to earn um, 50% of what that was. So each state is going to have their own cap on a maximum amount of benefits received. And, you know, like I said, generally it's about 50% of what you were earning, but there, it's not necessarily true that that's what you're going to earn. So it might be, you know, $500 a week as the cap in your state. And again, it's going to differ, but don't, you know, count on the fact that you're going to necessarily receive half of whatever you had been earning last year.
0: Right. Don't bank. Don't bank on it, quite literally. Right. Um, right. Great. Okay. Last one, Sarah, to round this out. What's a scenario where someone would take unemployment insurance over um, a P3 loan?
1: <laughs> well, one scenario is that the P three program is completely exhausted financially. <laughs> so <laughs> that unfortunately is the situation that we're in right now. It's um, hopefully going to be replenished in these coming days or weeks um but in the meantime that's a very reasonable scenario um you don't have a choice but if we did have a choice if if we do get replenished if the p3 program is up and running again then um there are a few different scenarios where you could potentially do both Um, you could use all the funds for the P3 um, program, and then when those funds are gone, you could go over and use the unemployment insurance benefits. Um, What's a scenario where someone would take the unemployment insurance over the P3? Um, I suppose one scenario is where you have simply closed your business, and there's um, no no point in taking the P3 to continue to keep your folks on payroll because you have decided that you are not going to go back to farming anymore and you need to um, find a way to cover your expenses until you figure out what, what you're going to do. Um, another situation is if you don't have employees at all, if it's just you running the farm business and you no longer have any income, um, the P3 program is really designed for those Uh, businesses that have employees and need to cover their payroll so in that case uh, that wouldn't be an option for you and the you'd want to take a close look at the ui program
0: great thanks for those important insights into weighing out the the two programs and uh, hopefully some more money finds its way into the p3 pot soon Um, but in the meantime um, go back to our episode on the p3 updates and then um linked on that page, we have our whole presentation and webinar that we did on the P3 program. And that should help you um, as you prepare to get an application together for hopefully that next round of P3 funds. Um, But in the meantime, everyone, hang in there. And thanks so much, Rachel and Sarah, for your answers to these questions. Um, Folks, if you have more, please email us at info at farmcommons.org, and we will endeavor to answer them um, in future podcast episodes. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Farm Commons podcast. For more information on what you just heard, as well as a variety of farm law guides, models, checklists, flowcharts, and more, visit our website at farmcommons.org. You can also email us at info@farmcommons.org if you have any questions or comments about this podcast or any of our online materials. Thanks everyone for listening, and keep on growing.